Hi everyone and happy 2021. We made it and on behalf of all of us on the DFP team, uh, we hope that you are enjoying a well-earned vacation and have the space to reflect on the past year. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Paul and I recorded this conversation about a year after we recorded the first pilot episode and it's pretty nice that our podcast's uh, anniversary coincides with the holiday break when everyone kind of takes the time to stop and think about family. And in this episode, we find ourselves in a similar period where uh, I had just returned home from finishing my first semester of law school and Paul was packing to go see his family in Korea. So a little bit of a crossroads as usual. And looking back at our list of episodes, it's a little bit strange to look back with the benefit of hindsight and know that you know, at the time that I was speaking with Jinjin uh, when she was quarantined in Macau, we didn't know that the pandemic would last as long as it did. Or similarly with my conversation um, with Olamide when he was on the front lines of the pandemic working, you know, we had no idea that it would stretch on as long as it did. And while most of us, you know, might have guessed that it would last this long, uh, it's hard to match that kind of forecast with the uh, actual sense of the toll that it would take, that 2020 would take on actual literal lives and also the stresses that uh, it's placed on everybody. So look, also looking back, I'm also super grateful that I was able to speak with people like E.J. Joseph uh, during the Black Lives Matter protests. And also uh, Paul and I were able to watch Stephanie Kuo's play and also interview her about the Hong Kong protests. And even though in this episode, uh, you'll hear Paul talk about how we should do a better job of planning our episodes in advance. Um, and I agree with that. But at the same time, I am also really grateful for uh, re having records of in the moment uncertainty and also just having it available for us to tap back into it when we need to to kind of remember what that was like at that time so i think this is enough reflecting uh, and also a little bit meta because i'm reflecting on a reflection so i'll stop here uh, happy new year's everybody and here is paul and myself Eugene and I on this call and then a recap of sorts but I just remember we were in the same place basically uh, one year ago when this podcast was just a figment of our imagination and the logo was something that Eugene just sketched out on a piece of paper um, but we were just commenting on how haggard and uh, somewhat jaded we've become uh, by 2020 yeah, I mean, it's like not just for the podcast, though. It's like, I feel like it's just, I mean, I finished my first semester of law school. Woo! You're like ready to go to Korea and like just take some time off of work and things like that. So I feel like it's just, yeah, at this point, everybody probably feels the same way. But we can talk more about that later. But yeah, when I came home, I had a nice little envelope from you with our stickers, with the with our actual logo on it. And like this time last year, I just had a post-it note with like a really terrible like rough draft of it so i was like one year later we actually have something so that's what made us real not when we were on spotify or apple podcasts or when people were following us but when we actually got these laminated stickers dude when you have stickers like we also only have like i only have like three of them but yeah we're a legitimate thing now yeah it's uh 
pretty crazy. And I think we just really wanted to take a little bit of time to kind of check in because, I mean, I feel like we haven't done that in a while with the two of us. I know most recently we had our uh, recap episode after uh, to close, I guess, our commemoration of National Adoption Month uh, with Miley and Liat. Um, but I think that was more focused on the two episodes in November. And uh, I think we really wanted to kind of look back at all of the, was it 2021 episodes uh, from this past year and also kind of reflect on like why we're working on this. Why do we want to continue to work on this? And if we need to recalibrate our goals in any way. Um, but I, I feel like this is something that I think about all the time, but I'm trying to, maybe if I think about, if I go back and listen to our very first recap episode, uh, we might be saying completely different things. But for me, I feel like, and I'm curious to hear from you, Eugene, I feel like our mission in my mind has always been the same of you know, connecting, providing a platform for connecting different stories of family separation. And there's, I mean, I, I could not have expected all the things in 2020 to have happened the way they did uh, so that, you know, the, the podcast too, I think reflected what happened in 2020 with various twists and turns. There's no way to you know predict that. Um, but I feel like the, the motivation behind working on this is largely the same for me. What do you, what do you think? I mean, so January last year, you know, like New Year's time. So end of December, beginning of January, I went to LA and that's when I, you know, record. We had just started the podcast, I guess, and I had just uh, gone down there to hang out with some friends. But I also interviewed Jenna Gilbert and um, went to El Otro Lado. And back then, 2020 seems so cool because I was like, <laughs> we're starting this thing. Like, California's sunny and great. Like, I get to meet these people. And, like, this seems super exciting. And it, it still is exciting, but 2020 has just been, like, a lot, <laughs> as everybody else probably knows. Um, but I think... Uh, for me, it's a little bit different because I feel like uh, when I start, so I was super completely immersed in the podcast until June-ish. And then I started preparing to go to school. And then I went to school from September or end of August until now. So I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I haven't, I don't have time or like bandwidth to think about anything else until like yesterday. I just got back yesterday. So yeah, I feel like I still need to like sit down and think about it. But I feel like as you um, reflect. I will also do some reflecting and this will just be like all natural. But in short, I think that, yeah, I think that the goals are the same, but I think the difference is kind of like when we say we want to make a platform for connecting stories of family separation, it's, it's very simple. But then when you actually start doing it, like all of these branches kind of came out of it. Like I was super impressed by the work you guys did with like adoption and like the transracial adoption system. And I was like, I've never even thought about it to that degree before. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe we can talk a little bit about kind of expectations versus reality, the classic meme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, what my, yeah, maybe, is there a meme for that? Or maybe I'm thinking of like what my parents think I do, <laughs> what my friends those, think yeah. I do. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember what exactly I had in mind. I guess it was something along the lines of each episode being. Uh, something like a oral history or like a first-hand account of family separation. I think that was my expectation going into it. Not realizing that you know a lot of things would happen. Uh, COVID uh, being the first and like the the biggest one that would kind of 
shake up our plans. And then two, just like the, the challenges in actually finding people um, who could share such firsthand accounts and, and to, to be able to do that in person. And in some ways, I'm actually glad that we actually adapted to this new reality and kind of branched out uh, in not just firsthand accounts, but also like secondary accounts, whether it's, you know, uh, Professor Franklin Odo, because I think it's important to have that kind of balance between firsthand accounts and also kind of like whether it's advocacy or commentary or giving some kind of historical context um, to those firsthand stories. So, yeah, those are those are some of my thoughts on expectations versus reality. I guess the only other thing that I was pleasantly surprised by was that I wasn't expecting so much support like literal support from our awesome team um, of, you know, complete volunteers who are, who have spent, spent so much time, uh, sacrificed so much time and energy working on this project, uh, but also from like completely strangers uh, with great feedback. And I know we have this like uh, group chat now with uh, feedback about, about the project. Um, so that's something I was pleasantly surprised by. Yeah. What, what about you? Anything that surprised you? From this year? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing was probably because for me, I don't really have as much of like a nonprofit background, I guess, because like after college, you know, I taught for a little bit and teaching is like a one person job. Like I plan everything and then run the class. And then for this project, too, in the beginning, I was like doing everything because <laughs> it's just us yeah um so like i was you know like looking at the social media stuff the like what stories that we should research what interviews to do and things like that and then I think that we started gathering like team members as I was leaving and I wasn't really here for the team building aspect of it. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like the surprising part is both of us kind of have similar backgrounds as we mentioned in the first pilot episode, like two Korean American dudes, both play cello, both play tennis, pretty much <laughs> yeah. s similar backgrounds, you know, make really bad jokes. Like, yeah. Um, so like just kind of seeing i feel like we were on the same page generally i mean i know that we in the second recap we talked about how different we are too in some ways where like i kind of go off the rails trying to make a lot of comparisons to other things and you kind of keep us grounded and you know like what are we trying to do but i think as we got more team members and also as we did more interviews like you kind of discover like family separation what does that mean to like a lot of different people you know and like that's the kind of stuff that it's very easy for you when you're like crafting interview questions like this person probably wants to talk about this or like I want to get this out of them through this line of questioning and then this will be like the story and like people will be interested in that and I feel like it's just always it never works out like that like people are interested in different things and what you bring to bear on their experience is often not correct because <laughs> they think that different parts of their story are more interesting so um, I think that yeah for like our team members like finding ways to make this project their own uh and balancing that with what we started this as and i feel like that's just kind of the two like poles i guess where we're like oscillating between right it's like like a platform for connecting stories of family separation but like we don't really know what those stories are or like what people how people uh receive them or like make sense of them on their own so yeah i guess what i'm saying is like it's always surprising i don't know <laughs> like I, I don't know. I feel like maybe that's kind of the thing where it's like, it's always surprising, but it's also not surprising because like, that's how we relate to one another, but we never fully understand like uh, what family means to somebody else or where exactly they're coming from. I don't know. I yeah, no, no, I, I get what you're saying. And I think something that I was surprised by and actually that I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of proud of 
um, or I'm, I'm glad we did was, um, and this was a comment that somebody else had as well on our team, we were kind of debriefing the season, was that I think we were able to feature a variety of stories and voices, not just from different regions, but also different demographics, and I guess across the spectrum of perspectives on family separation. I guess to give an example, the first that comes to mind is, you know, for example, uh, Carlos Air from Cuba. Uh, he was saying how he was actually glad uh, his parents sent him away and he was separated from his parents from Cuba because staying there would have been an even worse fate. While the conversation with the Adoptee Collective and, and, and many others, I think, that we spoke with, I think, are much more of the of the view that you know family separation is always bad and it's always uh traumatic and i mean i think it's just interesting uh because on on one hand we try to really kind of be i don't know if neutral i don't know if it's possible for us to be neutral per se but really try to feature a variety of voices um but i think just hearing such different opinions on family separation made me reflect on on my own views which i think i'm still trying to figure out but that that's definitely surprised me so uh, you you sent me this what is this called again jam jam board jam session (laughs) yeah yeah jam google jam board i feel like that is really like present in this jam board where you see kind of you know like we should on the what can we do better for season two some of our team members said like we should tell a wider variety of variety of stories and we should also work on like different forms of storytelling and i'm just kind of curious as to like how that's going to play out i mean you've had more conversations with them than i have because i've just been completely absent but yeah i mean have you guys like thought about that in terms of moving away from the typical interview format yeah i think we tried to experiment that a little bit more i know you did um kind of a group interview or interviewed multiple people on one episode was it with al otro lado i think yeah well that was just like two interviews and then i just yeah i think that was like our first foray into having more than just one-on-one um but i know in our last i guess second to last episode with the adoptee collective i think we started uh, which Catherine edited, and it, it began with uh, just kind of two sharings of personal stories, almost like monologues, and then kind of went into a conversation um, with the three guests. And I think, yeah, I mean, if we had the time and, and resources and people who were willing to do so, I think it would be even more effective in some ways to build in kind of narration and, and dramatic music um yeah and actual i know you've done this several times as well but like kind of scene setting i remember you built in some audio from like the hong kong protests but i think yeah that that might be helpful uh for listeners who are probably sick of hearing my own voice but at this point yeah it's just us talking um yeah i mean i guess if you're like a listener and you have thoughts um we'd always love to get feedback we always get typically good feedback which is like great but not like super helpful in terms of uh getting an objective kind of outsider's view like are the interviews working would other kind of storytelling methods be more appropriate i would say if this were a youtube video i'd be like leave it in the comments but like we don't have comments so you just have to email it to us i guess um just divided families podcast at gmail.com yeah very very uh obvious email and what was what was your big goal at the beginning that we talked about at the pilot last year mine was to just learn more about everything like 
international relations, these issues, like what's going on here. And for me, that's been, you know, obviously fulfilled. Like <laughs> there are all these uh, episodes that I just never even, you know, like Carlos Air was one. I was like, I don't know anything about Cuba um, other yeah. than what I learned in world history as a high schooler. And I guess also just like all of the conversations that we had during <laughs> COVID and the protests and stuff is really interesting to kind of at least have some uh, record of 2020. It was <laughs> not a fun year, but, you know, like we caught people in their moments. What was your goal again, though? I think for me, maybe someone should fact check me on this, but I think for me, it was really about recording the oral histories uh, that we might not get another chance to later on. And uh, this actually reminds me, I, I got to write, um, I, I got, maybe I'll send a post, uh, like a sticker to Yuka and Mary, um, Dude, we're maybe today or tomorrow. We're legitimate people now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to thank them after so many months. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud that we were able to, I guess, not just amplify um, kind of advocacy voices and other organizations who are uh, working on immigration reform or advocacy or actually uh, like the Red Cross, like actually reuniting families and helping um, educate people on how to take action or how to better educate themselves, um, but actually like leaving an archive of these stories. As you said, it's kind of like a time machine in some ways. Maybe people will look back and like, what were people thinking in 2020? Um, so I, I think in that way, in those ways, I, um, yeah, I, I did reach reach my goal in some ways i wouldn't this is just like brain i mean i guess if you're a listener you're like listening in on a brainstorming conversation but um it might be interesting to just have i was looking i'm just looking at the jam uh jam board so um it might be interesting to have like a dedicated group group meaning like two people um just to focus on the advocacy stuff because we always say like we want to get people to do things not just listen and feel good about listening um so yeah, I don't know. That might be something to work on too. And I think for me, another thing to work on is, as I said, like when we started this, it's just the Lee clan. It's just us. <laughs> um, but I guess the one posted on this jam board that does come up to me is um, the like getting people to know each other outside of the podcast. Um, I feel like a lot of, I mean, I, 2020 was hard. <laughs> yeah. We were all kind of struggling um, and getting Zoom fatigue and all of that. But And also all of us live in different places, but maybe just have some kind of bonding would be good and i think just for me personally it's like getting used to the fact that it's like more than two people involved um so yeah do you have any kind of goals or ideas yeah maybe looking ahead a bit to next year i don't know it's uh, always a tough balance for me in trying to balance kind of action and advocacy in uh current issues like current instances of family separation um, and what we can do to help them and also like recording and featuring stories um, whether it's from the holocaust or the korean war uh, that you know i feel like need to be heard so I, i guess just trying to be more intentional maybe 2021 will be a bit more manageable than 2020 in planning some kind of story arc or like you know being a a bit more intentional in long-term planning where we have a series of episodes that we already know what the theme will be even though uh, we might not know exactly who the speakers might be Uh, whereas i feel like this year again and i feel like we did it out of necessity with the hong kong protests with covid uh with um a lot of what was going on with uh, you know after murder george floyd in the u.s i feel like 
we were almost responding to different events with episodes. Uh, I wonder if we can be more proactive about, I don't know, somehow preempting um, certain episodes or, you know, having these plans in advance. So I feel like that's one thing we could do um, ahead of time. I think that, I mean, I guess one thing that we could kind of end with is looking back on 2020 and why it was kind of rough, I guess. Um, And I guess what I mean by that is more of, I'm thinking about the end of classes. So I ended classes like a couple weeks ago. And then my, uh, one of my professors, like we had one in-person class with him. Um, It's like social distance and all of that. But later at the end of class, um, he was, we were on Zoom and then he was just saying kind of like, I had a lot of stuff going on this year, but like when I was standing in front of you guys teaching, like, you know, all of that stuff is kind of gone and I'm just kind of living in the moment. And like, I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And like, everybody's like tearing up and stuff like that. And it's just kind of that, that was a moment that like made me think like, like, why is this so resonant? And like, why is it so emotional? And I think it's just kind of everything that people kept below them, like beneath them, I guess, or like hidden away uh, during any other year, like all of that was kind of broken this year where people are forced to go back home. People kind of lost jobs and went back home or um, just out of necessity went back home. And then like, like walls between family members and friends and things like that kind of collapse and like you're forced to kind of be more vulnerable. And I feel like that was just, you know, like I just, anytime I see anybody who kind of is pensive or like reflecting on 2020, I just instinctively like get it, even though I don't, even though it's not exactly said in what they're literally saying, right? Like not just their words, kind of just, oh, like the recognition of the fact that this year was hard. (laughs) And I think that that is just kind of something that I want to put out in the air, I guess. I mean, we could have done... And every episode, I feel like this year could have been about a different instance of family separation uh, because of COVID, because there were so many. And whether it's literal physical separation or uh, just, I guess, more emotional separation um, and isolation. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's that's definitely definitely true about about what you were saying. And I think working on this podcast, even though it was a lot of time, I think it actually helped me process a lot of what was going on. Of course, our recaps when we were directly addressing things and kind of checking in with each other, but also even just talking with other people about completely unrelated topics. I think it was, uh, yeah, actually actually helped me uh, reflect on what was going on and hearing about their views uh, in, in a way. And I guess I just bring that up more in terms of like this year, uh, you were talking about like how your beliefs are challenged in many ways. And I feel like we came into this with the, oh, like US-Mexico border, Korean-American family separation, like resonance, there we go. <laughs> like they're resonating and we put them next to each other and it makes sense. But I mean, yeah, like some conversations challenge your beliefs. And I guess that, that's kind of what I was getting at in terms of reflecting on 2020. Because for me, I feel like I reflected a lot on like what do... I believe in and things like that. And that's part of like being in law school too, because, you know, you come in and you're like, the system doesn't work in this way. And then you change the facts and you're like, wait a minute, I kind of want it to work that way. And you're like, like, it just kind of is wrestling with your conscience. And I feel like that's the same thing in terms of defund the police, like Black Lives Matter protests. People are kind of trying to figure out, do I want to defund the police? I should defund the police. Like, but I don't want to be, you know, like outcasted by my social media circles. I want to say that uh, Trump supporters are all like, you know, like all racist and stuff like that. But I also like have some friends who are Trump supporters. Like, what do I do? You know, um, yeah. 
And I just feel like that was kind of a theme for 2020 for me anyways. Like, I'm not saying that I'm super in the middle on all of these issues at all. Like, none of that. But I still, like, I don't know. I had to, like, look inside myself a lot and kind of um, think to myself. And I feel like that was, that was also what made it a little bit difficult. Because we want to resolve these issues in an easy way, right? It's like, we don't want racism anymore. And then it's like, how do we get there? <laughs> you know, like, and p some people say, if you compromise, like, that's totally against uh, everything you believe in. And then some other people are trying to be pragmatic. But, you know, so I don't know, I'm just kind of blabbing at this point. And I feel like that is what 2020 was <laughs> for me anyway. Yeah, I can totally relate, uh, at least feeling like somewhere in the middle or feeling, um, yeah, f feeling like wanting to do wanting to do or say the right thing as well. Uh, but also needing some time to process and reflect on everything. I, I guess maybe I, I'm I'm curious to hear from you too. You've talked a bit about what you feel like went well, expectations versus reality in season one, but maybe this Jamboard exercise we did with the rest of our team, like if you could pick one thing you feel like we did well in season one, or for the first year, this past year, and one thing you feel like we could really improve on um, or do better in next year. What would you think those would be? You mean like the podcast as a whole or like me personally? Yeah, yeah. The podcast. Uh, yeah, I would say the podcast okay, as a I whole. Guess... I mean, I'm curious about you self-improvement from you too. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that we already kind of talked about like, you know, I kind of want to, <laughs> I have to like balance school and also this. So like after next semester, like I'll have more time. Hopefully everybody says that's a lie, but like hopefully <laughs> at least I'll have summer break and things like that. Is but, it still going to be all um, virtual in the spring? Yeah, I'm going to be wow. getting my freaking online degree. <laughs> wow. I pay physical university money for, but I mean, but at the same time, I don't feel like it's a waste because I feel like I'm going to have some connections to talk about some interesting issues with peers that I've been able to meet. So, yeah, but I think that that's kind of what I want to work on. Uh, what I did, what we did well for season one, I think it's just the fact that we are still talking right now. <laughs> like, but is anyone still listening? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking into the void. Um, yeah, I mean, like last year, I was just like, I guess you can kind of compare yourself to last year where... I wanted to start this, but I wasn't sure how far it would go, you know? Um, yeah. And I kind of also, at that time, I guess during, during COVID, I also felt kind of stuck because I felt like, you know, I'm like not starting school yet, but I'm not really doing anything at home. Like I have to like, and also, you know, that I have trouble sitting still, like yeah. I'm recording this right after finishing finals. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I have to. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I put a lot of channeled a lot of that kind of 2020 anxiety into this and the fact that it was able to sustain itself afterwards i think i think that the biggest like uh like good thing that i've noticed during season one sorry i have no good words anymore after <laughs> after crawling through the finish line for finals but um i think that the peak moment i guess is uh when you guys posted the adoptee collective episode I don't even, I don't know time anymore. Like, was that a month ago, two months ago? But yeah, something um, like that. I think it was just like, wow, like I've been completely gone. And this is a, I think that was like one of the first episodes that was not like one that I made yeah, or yeah. we made, I guess. So it was just kind of like, wow, like these guys put this together. Somebody edited it. It wasn't me. <laughs> I didn't do any, I didn't like lift a finger for this. And, um, and I, I think it's just kind of the fact that the team gets along and that they're finding value in it. Like that's kind of meaningful to me i think that's like something that we did well this season but looking forward i think it's more of just okay like everybody is getting something out of it how do we kind of uh create this kind of cohesion and like 
come to a compromise between these goals and also make sure that everybody is kind of doing something that they want to do. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think we're just kind of brainstorming right now, but I think that that would be my main kind of goal for season two is just season one. It was more of, can we make this work? <laughs> was kind of the yeah. question. And then season two is like, okay, like things worked kind of now, how do we make it a little bit better or like more streamlined and not just you and me texting each other like hey you want to do this and you're like okay and then <laughs> just kind of randomly you up? kind of proceeds <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm you just up? gonna yes. not even exaggerating it was i think the fact that it's still sustaining somewhat self-sustaining at this point is because you invested so much into it in the front end <laughs> like literally sacrifice so much time and brain power and manpower um i, I mean everything from social media from following thousands of people on instagram to actually editing you know every single word and breath uh in the episodes to the fact you know like we have already just like a pretty sizable backlog of episodes uh that we could release right away uh for next year so you should all stay oh, tuned a quick interjection on that what's kind of funny is um on the jam board it's like probably shouldn't follow random people just to get like, views. <laughs> that was wasn't like, me i swear the, <laughs> oh but no but then the funny but then the funny part of that is i think that we have miley because I followed her. She's like, I just got this random follow and like, yeah, I'm that's interested true. In working with you guys. But now we have some momentum of organic growth, hopefully. So, yeah, I, I guess just the only thing that I would say is, you know, I'm, I'm even more confident at this point um, that this is a meaningful project um, and that, you know, we're really welcoming anyone else who either wants to make any suggestions uh, to either the content or the process, like the structure of the podcast, or anyone who actually wants to get involved and join the team. There's a volunteer intern, uh, whether you want to help out with editing or research, brainstorming, or finding some partnerships, um, or actually getting ads so that we can actually have <laughs> stickers and that merch we talked about from the very get-go. Uh, I guess like we, yeah. I mean, we have stickers, like one goal of getting merch. I mean, we, we got it, but like at least, you know, like that came true. Yeah. Um, if we don't have hats by next year, then, you know, we didn't really make it. I know. I, I don't know if I told you I was looking into a Lee clan hats for your birthday, but, um, it's expensive. Maybe next year. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we had to order way too many for it to, actually uh be worth it i mean i guess if we want to end this episode do we have anything like happy to talk about <laughs> in and less reflective do you have any kind of moments of i, I was gonna say like mary kondo like sparking joy but i was like that doesn't make any sense um in the past kind of months or so highs oh like unrelated well it can be related to the podcast oh, unreal- not, well i, I mean i guess we're like- both you are now re- reunited with your family i will soon be reunited with mine so i guess uh, the dfp is now uh it will soon be uh re-fp that doesn't even make any sense, but anyways, uh, I think I think we're I think we're gonna end that epi- end this episode on that note. I don't know if I can top that as a closing message. Refp twenty twenty one. We will see or see you guys. I guess you will listen to us. That's yeah. <laughs>Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Divided Families Podcast. If you're interested in listening to more stories of family separation or learning more about our project, please follow us on social media at Divided Families Podcast. Thanks as always to Final Albert for the wonderful music, and see you next time.